0: Uh, welcome back to another episode of Trash Talk. The NBL Cup is up and running, even with a couple of ticketing fiasco things that we'll jump on earlier, but it is me, your favourite washed-up real estate agent, as I look today, <laughs> compared to Pete Hooley, who's just gotten out of bed in a t-shirt as usual. Mate, I'm always the t-shirt guy. You're the collar guy. You look the best. So that, it's your show. I'm oh, honoured to be, be your guest. You just begin this with a nice little compliment. I'm just, I mean, I'm always trying to give you There we go. Well, as, to set the tone, your shirt looks terrible and mine looks fantastic. There we go. But anyway, back into the meat of it. Broke off. Now, we failed to mention this last week mm. due to our production team who said we wouldn't have the time. But you know what? We move on. We don't blame them for these things. No. Nope, we never. move on. Broke off. Signs with the Phoenix. Now, I've got a whole bunch of questions about how this went down, how it wasn't leaked. If the Molotov cocktail couldn't get his hands on this juicy, juicy detail, then obviously it was kept locked down. Carl Beston had it first, but then it was more of a, I think, I'm hearing rumors sort of drop. So they, kept, they managed to keep a lid on one of the biggest signings we've had in the NBL in a long, long time. They did. And even when people were talking about Ryan Brockoff saying, What's he
1: gonna do with the NBA? Nothing as I, I didn't see anything linked really either, which is really incredible because everything somehow gets leaked at some point. Everything. If, even if it's embargo. There's someone in the grass. finds out and someone will say something. So I was really surprised it shocked me as well. But that's a huge
0: signing it's for huge. the league and for the Phoenix. But here's the thing. So right now and we've seen all through the news that there's it's almost impossible to get a flight to Australia. Yeah. Brokoff seems to have signed and then gotten on a flight the next day. He's here. He's here. Yeah. He's in Sydney quarantining. Yeah. And now I've got nothing against that. I want him here. But I'm just wondering, you know, was this a, was this one of those situations where they're like, okay, well, if you can get on a flight, then we'll announce the signing. Well, I'm So gonna, if you can get back yeah. here and get on a flight, because some people are on month-long waiting lists and they get knocked off, the plane doesn't fly, whatever happens. So it just seems weird that they announced the signing and then he gets on the plane the next day, pretty much. Well, well, I'm wondering whether it had anything of once he got waived by a couple of teams,
1: was there already talks of, we'll give you however long, we'll have you signed and we'll have something already to, ready to roll. We have a flight booked in a month's time, maybe. If you don't get picked up by an NBA team, jump on, come play for us. If you do, we'll pretend nothing happened. We haven't announced that no one knows anyway. So maybe
0: that's the way it went down. There's, some, there's, there's definitely some... Tommy Greer is a smart man. Yeah. He's a very smart man. So I imagine that this was all worked out, but it just did... I thought it was unusual that they got on a flight almost the next day. So there's definitely something to do with that. I'm sure there was some embargoed stuff along the way. But how much of an impact is he going to make to this team? It's huge.
1: This is a massive signing for the league and for the Phoenix. This guy can play. And for the guy, people who have just seen him maybe in the, in the junk minutes in the NBA, still he gets them up and knocks him down in those minutes and dominate in the green and gold. He's going to come in and be exactly what they need. See, that's
0: my thing. I'm not concerned about it. I know there was a couple of comments about his NBA production and, oh, he was just you know a corner shooter, that sort of stuff. I could give two shits about what he did in the NBA. The NBA is a unique league. Correct. You look at guys that have come over we're going to speak before, like Dengadell got got a few minutes and did some stuff in the NBA. It hasn't translated to the league here so far. I hope it does eventually, but it hasn't so far. Brokoff was elite in Europe. He was elite in college and he's been elite for the Boomers. Mm -hmm. You know what that does? You know what you mix all that shit up? That's a first-team all-NBL. Yeah. That is an elite, elite NBL player is the guys that we see competing on those levels. Dejan, killed it at a college, comes over, dominates in the NBL. They're usually the guys that do this. So I have absolutely no concerns about his production in the NBA. He's going to come over and automatically turn the Phoenix, not into contenders, but maybe just, you know, one of those pretender teams. Well, they'll make the They're, final, they're hanging though. around. They'll, they'll make, they'll the, make finals. the finals. and stuff. I'll tell you what else. Liam Santa Maria. Now, Liam, at the beginning of the season, we know, we know that he's... Maybe friends- he knew. We know that he's good friends with Tommy Green. I love Liam Maria, Don't get me wrong. He's the most knowledgeable guy we have in this league. Good call here. But I reckon he knew something, Mm. and that's why he picked him in the finals because no one in their right mind was picking this team without Ryan Brockoff to make the finals. So... Very sly move Maybe so that's, he's going to be the last man yeah. standing when we come to our top fours. He's probably
1: going to get it because of that. Maybe that coincides more with what I was saying is they had this ready to roll in case he kept getting waived and then he had a flight booked for six months in advance because he yeah. got waived <laughs> and then just jumped on. But you're right, he's going to fit in perfectly. Kiefer Sykes is elite, so we'll touch on the Phoenix a bit later. He will fit perfectly and yeah. dominate, so no, no, it's I'm excited to see
0: him. The other one, now, this has been the big sort of talking point throughout the week, New, New Zealand Breakers. Of course, every team's down here for the NBL Cup, but the New Zealand Breakers are in an NBL Cup throughout the entire entire year so they're in a very very tough position and I have sympathy and now you know me I'm a very unemotional unsympathetic human being Mm. quite cold at heart heartless now Rob Lowe departs of course had to go home I'm in a bit I'm going to let you talk on this one first because I'm in a bit of a weird spot because I always am one of those guys where it says you know what you know what you signed up for in that sense well, we he's gone home for personal reasons. And, and, have, and absolutely and no issue with yeah, that. No that's issue. exactly right. So but if, if people are out there saying, oh, this is, you know, this is ridiculous, how are we meant to go through this? It's like at the end of the day, that's what you've signed up for and it's hard, yes. But there's a certain level where you can complain and say all these things are going on except help. Except help of the NBL opposite. And we know that that in some cases hasn't been accepted. People would rather sit back and complain about it instead. But the New Zealand breakers are an incredibly tough spot. But at the end of the day, it's not at fault of the NBL. This was what it was offered. This was the only way we could do it. We couldn't get over to New Zealand. We couldn't do a bubble in New Zealand. We couldn't do it in New Zealand. So if you wanted to play the season, you knew we're going to be on the road the entire year. Yeah. Now, if you sign up for that, you've got to be careful where you place your complaints throughout that that period. Now, I hope the New Zealand Breakers win every single game out from here. And it's very hard to sort of word this without seeming like I'm unsympathetic to the situation. But again, you're getting paid to play basketball in an era where a lot of people have lost their jobs overall. So I know it's tough, but there's got to be a, sort of, there's got to be a middle ground there somewhere.
1: Well, the New Zealand Warriors did it and everybody kind of got behind them. Because you're right, it's going to be extremely yeah. tough. And as you said, when you sign up for it, you kind of expect that. But still... You expect it. Be, you're not going to be ready for those moments where it hit you. And you, you're right. You have the decision that Rob Lowe. We hope everything's okay going on. Yeah. We don't know what's going on.
0: And I hope he gets back. And, and we like to Tom see Abercrombie. He's got sure. kids. That's what Stuff I'm talking like that. about. So you, Corey
1: Webster's got a kid. When it comes down to it, to be able to make that decision, and, and Rob Lowe said, "Look, this is what it is, and it is what it is. And you can't. You say we hope the best for him, and hope the best for the breakers." And it's going to be tough, but you've got to, as you said, you've signed up for it. What can you do to try and get through? Because you knew going in, and it's going to be, there's going to be certain yeah, and, and I just, just see some year.
0: comments, and it was a couple of the Corey Webster tweets, which I was like, you know, complaining the NBL doesn't care about us, all that sort of stuff. But now, that, yeah, come, you, come on, like, that, that's a tough one for me because you signed up to be paid to play. On a team where you knew you were going to be on the road mm. the entire year, there was a point there where you could pull out. And I'll tell you what, in New Zealand, a guy like Corey Webster could make as much money as he wants as he's doing now coaching. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's like a god of New Zealand basketball. Same with Ty. They're two best players on the team, in my opinion. But you've got to understand that's what Imports do this every year. Mm. They stay away from their families for the entire that's year. True. So it, it is... I'm not as sympathetic to a lot of these things yeah. as maybe I should be.
1: No, I'm, not, I'm with you. I understand because... I think the hardest thing for that right now is if you're winning games, that kind of gets silenced oh, for because sure. it feels better. You can see that they're just struggling to fight through that barrier. The talent's still there. I spoke to Finn Delaney. He's like, it's coming. It's just, it's going to be a process. We're trying to work through everything. And I hope they click. I hope they just goes, picked, you know tough what? Too. Yeah, yeah I, so I. Did I, I that's I.
0: what I mean. But we, we mentioned at the start of the year that it it's, either goes two exactly. ways. And it's tough to say, oh, you either embrace it or you don't know what you're exactly. going to be embracing cuz a lot of these guys haven't done this before yeah. haven't stayed in a hotel been away from home for a long time college it's a, it's a bit different because you're yeah. around you're in a new environment permanently and you're fully expecting it it's what you sign up for which in a way well on that you talk about like imports coming and they get to still live a life so we talk
1: about there's different covid protocols in place i'm hoping that Come Friday, I think, once the Victorian government, whatever, come up and say, they get a bit more freedom to be able to do stuff because the big thing is in any professional sports season, when you hit these roadblocks, what can you do to get away from basketball for whatever time? Yeah. They need a couple of days. Or if and you can still day, go,
0: like, where, this isn't, like, people, someone asked me the other day whether the NBL Cup was, oh, the guys are in a bubble and they can't do anything. No. They can go out and do stuff. Well, not right now. Because of the Victorian government until Friday until oh, I might have just ratted on a couple of guys who are out there at a very
1: popular Melbourne nightclub. Well, they you probably have <laughs> the, the other night. Yeah, so that's why well, there's certain things depending on what when they had a game coming up, there's days and stuff. But I think Okay, yeah, but there is periods where they can where go they out can, and do it
0: and do what they want. Yeah, and hopefully yeah. they're changes, living by
1: Victorian rules. Hopefully it changes on Friday where they can do it even the night before, go out and have dinner with and do something, yeah. get away, maybe go fishing, do something that they can get their mind off, play golf, because that'll help. That'll help the mental stuff. Oh, for sure. For sure.
0: For sure. That's, and and I and I want to reiterate that I'm not. Trying to look unsympathetic or disrespectful to the plight of the New Zealand players at the moment. Mm. I'm just always for when there is, and it's pissed me off in many senses with the NBL that it just gets dragged through the mud by so many people in this league. ex players, current players, dragging it through the mu- dragging it through the mud. When look, this is an impossible situation to deal with. <laughs> We're in a pandemic. You can't play in New Zealand. <laughs> Hopefully next year, New Zealand gets a home game every single week. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against that if they had 70% home that's game. It's my favourite road trip, so I, I yeah. would hope so. I love. Gone nuts in Auckland. But anyway, Mojave King drops out of the top 100. Josh Kitty, stock on the rise. Mojave King, eh, just struggling at the moment. And I don't think that's a knock on his ability. I just think the situation he's in, he's not flourishing in. No, not at all. He's still an NBA quality talent, but you know what? The NBA is a fickle league in terms of making. He's still got plenty of time, but it is a bit worrying dropping out of the top 100.
1: Well, I think... The thing is when we come into the NBL Cup where everyone's going to get a chance. There's so many games. You're playing in a couple of days' time. Machado's going to play a lot of minutes. He's going to have to rest for a little bit here and there. This is going to be the time where hopefully we get to see him. And for him right now, I think it's all between the ears. That, the mental yeah. and the confidence. And yeah. it's hard, man. We, we've been in a situ- similar situation with nowhere near as much talent. But <laughs> well, you know as soon as you step on the floor... If I make a turnover or a bad decision, I'm getting dragged and I might not come back on. And you play with that fear. And when you play with that fear, you're going to make a mistake.
0: Yeah. And he's got, we saw it in the preseason, man. This kid can go. So do you think Mike Kelly should be, do you, do you place any of that onus on Mike Kelly saying that he should be able to let him go and not make him play in that fear? I, yeah, I think he does. now In the
1: NBL Cup, 100%, I think he's got to give him a chance to do it. But if they were in. it doesn't help the situation that they were one and six where he's, Mike Kelly's yeah. trying to look out for himself and the team as we need to win. Yeah, and that that's the thing we got to remember.
0: Exactly. This is a professional basketball team. Winning games come first. And if Mahabe King is out there and he's playing winning basketball, then yes, I reckon he could be given a little bit more leash. Yep. But that's just me selfishly because I want to watch him and I want to watch him have big games and go on to the NBA, which I, think, I still yeah. think will happen. But again, I'm not coaching the team with, with my job on the line. You know what the NBL is like? You lose a couple of seasons and bang, you're gone. Well, you lose a couple of games and everyone's like, well, you're out. Everyone says, oh, you're gone. Like People saying Mike Kelly's no more. He was overrated the first season. The, the media switches and everything changes so, so quickly. But I will say, and we talked about when they started
1: Nata. Nata's playing some good basketball right yeah. now, and the Taipans are playing some good basketball. Yeah. So And for all the people out there saying,
0: Oh, well, why is Mojave playing? Remember that Mike Kelly gets to see this kid every single day at practice. For sure. yeah. He gets a lot more access to this mm. kid than we do. He knows exactly, and Mike Kelly's a good enough and, and reasonable man where he's going to play a kid if he thinks he's going to help him win. Well, he was ill for the first game of the Cup, so
1: let's hope he yeah. can get back and we want to see him. The NBL Cup hopefully is a chance for him to break out. Speaking of the
0: NBL Cup, the ticketing fiasco. Another thing. Now, usually I hate all the complaining and stuff on Twitter, but I think fans had some little reason to be annoyed, but I don't think it was as much on the NBL as it was on potentially Ticketek's comps mm. during that. How team, People paid around $40, I believe it was, a ticket. Originally, I think so. Originally around that price, and then it went to $10. And you're like, well, wait. You know? <laughs> I just paid 40 and then they said they'll refund it with tickets to other games. Now, a lot of these games are on weeknights. It's hard to make, usually pick a couple of games out that you can get to. Tough to make the others. Now, I I can understand the complaints there, but my issue also comes in, if I buy a shirt, if I go and buy this shirt from Maya and then I go in next week and, oh, now it's on sale, I don't complain and say, what the (laughs) fuck, why didn't I get that shirt? I say, oh, guess the situation changed. It happens a lot. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> that. I wore it on, yeah. a, on a wagering podcast and now all of a sudden it's slashed. But no, that happens a lot.
1: And the whole thing of people getting around the ticketing saying they're $10, they're getting no one coming to the games or whatever. When it dropped or whatever, we were in a five day lockdown that no one knew what was happening after. So I don't know yeah. about you, but if anyone's been in Victoria, I assume that five day lockdown was going for another 50 because that's just what we've been. Yeah, everyone did. There was and and I'm not buying the a buying Like
0: 73% continued, I'm not buying a ticket to this.
1: During a five-day lockdown. No. I'm really freaking out that, is this only going to last five days? So the games that I've seen and been at, the crowds have been pretty good and they're coming in a little late. Five o'clock on a weekday is going to be hard, but you, the people start to come in from after work and then they get there for the second game. And for the majority of it, there's
0: been some really good contests. So yeah. hopefully it continues to build. It and don't be early. too concerned. When people are watching these games, I'm not concerned at all mm. with the crowd. No. We're still in a pandemic. It's games on a weeknight. It's the Perth Wildcats versus the Cairns Taipans. There's not too many neutral fans that are going to pack out these arenas. Of absolutely no concern. This is a commercial thing. This is to get sponsorship dollars back, fill up that kitty. Bit of a kickback from the state government, which finally we're getting in on that. For so long, rugby, soccer, other sports, you know, rugby union, yeah, the Super rugby, whatever they call it here. The A-League, which has been struggling and struggling, gets these state government kickbacks, but we don't. And maybe it's something to do with the private ownership that it's a little bit hard for them to do that. But finally, give us a bit of a kickback. I love that you mentioned the word the crowds and pandemic
1: because I've seen a lot of comments of people saying, oh, it looks dead on there. There are specific rules for indoor sporting events, especially yeah, in John Kane right. Arena. You can't have two rows people touching each other. You can't have certain seats. So it has to be spread out. Yeah, there's still three and a half, four thousand people there, but you only get to see what's on the broadcast, which looks like it's spaced out. There's no one there. We're in a pandemic. You can't have people on top
0: of each other. That's how it's supposed to be. It's ridiculous. In play or out of bounds? Have we overestimated the Adelaide 36ers and underestimated the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix? I think yes to both. I think both are in play. Yes. Is that how we say it? They're both. They're both in, I think there's the no sixes. rules anymore.
1: I think the sixes. We we overestimated them a little bit. Well. From since what they've been able to do, we started off saying they weren't going to have a good year, they surprised us all, and all of a sudden people are saying, oh, they're going to be in finals. That's what
0: happens in the NBL. Mm. That's what happens. Melbourne United could get beaten by... The Kings with three players. You just, don't, you just don't know anything. This league, and that's why I usually say, and I was clowned on it last week, but these are always close games. Yeah. A big win in the NBL is eight points. You have to look at that as a 20 point win in the NBA. Yeah. That's just how the league works. But I think the issue with the Adelaide 36s was that they had all those home games to start, yep. and we we're like, wow, we underestimated Isaac, mm. we underestimated Josh Giddy. Mm-hmm. We didn't really underestimate Josh Giddy, but I still didn't think he was going to have as much of an impact on winning games that he is. Yep. I knew the stats would come, but he's actually actively participating in winning games. But now that's starting to dry up a little because everyone's remembering, wait, who the else mm. is on that roster? That's my thing. Teams are scouting now saying, hang on, if we try and go at Isaac
1: and if we shut down Josh Giddy who's going to control the team and we're just going to let DJ get off but DJ really thrives when Isaac's thriving so that's exactly what's happening right now they're getting scouted they're playing away from home and Tell you what, I watched the game the other night. A couple of little attitude problems I didn't like from what the Sixers guys on the bench and stuff are showing. And Tony Crocker kind of gave Josh Giddey a little spray. Which yeah, I, that was Crocker. And I was like, line. man, like you guys are trying. You guys are still in a position. You're five and five. Like you've got the talent to be able to do it. But they need Brandon Paul to come in. They need another weapon to bring something new. But also, you got to come together. We talk about this. I spoke to Connor Henry. He was my pregame interview. He said, well, yeah, we've been at home, but we knew we were gonna have to come on the road. Now we just got to come together, get that team bonding. That is crucial in a, in a thing like this when you're away from home. And yeah. on the flip side, the Phoenix, 100%. We've, even without Ryan Brockhoff, have underestimated them. I'll put my hand up. I
0: didn't think. Kiefer Sykes is a jet. Kiefer Sykes is legit. We knew he was going to be good, didn't think he was going to be that good. And I do think, and when they have started, it was who are they going to defend? Mm. Who are they possibly going to defend? Well, you put up 100-something points. Yeah. Probably, you're probably going to be all right. It's yeah. another one of those ones. And you know, it's, um, it's like Mike D'Antoni, that sort of strategy. Yeah. Simon Mitchell appears to be employing that one and it's doing a good job. But I agree. Look, I, I think we've heavily overestimated the Sixers. But I think we knew that because they had so many damn home yeah, games. Yeah, we did say and that. And now the Phoenix are going to be playing so many mm. equivalent to home games still in Melbourne. They're still sleeping in their own beds, all that sort of stuff. So I think it's still too early to tell whether we're with the Phoenix. Well, with the Fe- yeah, it's still early. They
1: obviously getting Brock off. Yanni Weitzel's been incredible. I think he's a beast. But again, and we
0: don't underestimate Dane Panot coming back. I know that I'm biased because I'm good friends with Dane. But a guy that me. can get 17 like- rebounds and be a was a defensive player of the year for the Sydney Kings, an individual defensive yeah, and player he's going to free
1: up. Ben Moore, because yep. Ben Moore will be able to play alongside one of the two bigs and not worry about getting silly fouls, using his athleticism. Dane's going to be a massive piece for them to just be out of that trust from Simon Mitchell. We need some defense. Come in there and bring it. So they need him back. Kyle Adam, is he the sixth man of the year right now? Potentially. He's up there. He is. Yeah, and he's coming in with that. But green he does light. this every year. He does it every year. He does year. it every year. And he's thriving in the yeah, role, yeah. because he's playing alongside Keeper Sykes, and that's his role. Simon Mitchell just said, mate, when you're in, get him
0: up. There is no better coach for Kyle Adam to be playing. Simon, it's oh. unlike like when he was playing for uh, Joey Wright yep. as a, you know, wasn't getting huge minutes there, but up. it's that same sort of thing. Just get him up, mm. go. That's what he is. He's a spark plug. Mm-hmm. So I think the, I think he still wants a bigger role. When I look at Kyle Adam, I still, think that, yeah, I still think that he wants one of those. Yeah, he wants yeah. a starting gig in the NBA. I think he's been around enough where we can probably find one on some team. But how often do you want to be moving back and forth? Well, well not this year. Stay in that role. Get that sixth man of the
1: year. And <laughs> I don't know if there's a bonus associated. Take that as well. He's Maybe got not a, this year. He's got a sunglass company
0: he started. Good luck. That's it. it. Spencer and Kyle, yeah. I believe it is. Shout, Shout out. out. Like like, on Spen- jump, on, jump on Spencer and Kyle if you jump on there Instagram and check those glasses out. Now, hot or cold? The NZ Cheersmate membership, a $39 membership, mainly based for Australian-based fans, sort of designed as a bit of a thank you support package sort of thing. So $39, a lot of people have jumped on. I haven't, for transparency, got one yet, but I will get one. Yep. I will buy one, but I assume you're going to say hot. Yeah. Well, I know where you're going to go, but finish off exactly, because I don't know the answer you're the question you're going to hold. Cold. Pose. Okay. Again, just like my heart. Yeah. My only issue is I'd be much more willing. Now, I'm going to buy the membership, Mm. but I would be much more willing if this money went to some sort of players fund or something like that rather than the organisation. Yeah. Now, the organisation, I understand, yeah, there's costs with I'm sure the NBL, and correct me if I'm wrong, anyone from New Zealand, the NBL isn't helping out with having this team placed in Australia. But I assume financially there's kickbacks there. I I don't don't think think they're just draining the New Zealand (laughs) (laughs) bank. You're on the road the entire season right there. So this money's going to the club. Oh, yeah, that's the question. That, that's the thing. Yeah. And again, for transparency, we're not 100% sure where that money is going. But judging from what I read on the membership, you get a newsletter and a few other things, but there's nothing that says that it's going towards you know, a player fund for whatever or whatever it is. But in this situation, I'm giving money for this sort of cheers mate thing. I probably want it to impact the players directly yeah. in some fashion. Now, I'm not just saying I'm giving 39 bucks to Webster, yeah. like I'm just transferring cash, but something. Whether want. it be maybe an upgraded hotel. Or there. A couple of Xboxes in the room. I'm, I don't know. I'm so with Something you. along those lines. But I would rather know that it is directly affecting the players and the coaching staff, who are immediately impacted by this. Well, my first question was, I'm going to get one as well. But it, will you be upset
1: if for thirty nine dollars goes to ten dollars next week? Will you be upset about that? No.
0: no I'm so just like, you know what? It went on sale.
1: So, and, but <laughs> the other thing is, another way you can support them by being here, being on the road, go to their games. Every, like that's the game you want. Like that's a way to support as well as yeah. doing that. And. Act as though, they're a home team. They're fun to watch. They have some really good offensive firepower once they start to get things rolling, but they need crowd to get behind them. That's a way you can support them. It, once you see them on the street, a lot of them are coffee drinkers. You can buy them a coffee, like if you guys know, stuff like that. But there's other ways as well. I'll be getting one as well. But uh, again, we want to try and... It is tough, so anything you can do without being physically there to
0: help them, why not? It's a tough situation. Hot Dengadel O for 15. The Felix. <laughs> double, <laughs> double, double Felix. Double Felix. Point three. Point Point five. 0.3. Yeah, it was tough. That's, That's rough. That is rough. And I don't know, Brian Gorgian kept sticking with him, came back. Is it hot or cold though? Do you add, when, like when, he's 15, when he's 0 for 14, what do you think of taking the 15th shot? No, see, I'm going to bring that up. He's, his 15th shot, so that was the record. That's the worst performance without
1: making field goal in the NBL. Whoa. Beat out Anthony Stewart and Leonard Copeland for 0 for 14. <laughs> the shot he got given for that was with 1.3 seconds left on the shot clock, I think it was Emmett threw it out to him in the corner. Contested, had to get it up, hit the side of the backboard. <laughs> You'd be flat knowing that. Okay, that's what about when right? he over
0: thirteen? Well, the same. I'm the same as it's different. shooters shoot. Dangadell can play. He could score in this league at an elite level. I'm confident in that. He hasn't found his feet yet, but he could be an elite scorer in this level he's for sure. Expert at getting to the line. And that's what he was trying I'm happy
1: he kept going. He was trying, and he was not settling for threes. He was really just giving up open threes, trying to get to the lane, try play through contact. And there, wasn't just,
0: a, there wasn't a whole bunch of bad shots in that. It was when just Brian Gorgian looks at that, it was just one of those days. Yeah. So I'm not – I actually say hot. I'm saying hot purely – he was cold shooting – but <laughs> hot purely because he kept going. Shoot is shoot. Don't let that get into your confidence. That's what Dengadel needs to do because I'll tell you what, at some point during this season, he's going to have a 10-for-15 game and win them a game. Yeah. And, and then that's going to spur that confidence on. And then you talk about the Hawks are a different beast than what they yeah. are now because they're playing right now with one of their key cogs not performing anywhere near his ability. Well, I think he's also probably got that – he's
1: put a bit of pressure on himself knowing what he's coming in. It was a huge signing. But I think he can now work his way into that team because – Jessup and Harvey are legit. They are absolutely legit, and he can just kind of play
0: off them. He's not required to be shooting the ball a huge amount, which is not what was expected coming in. I don't think anyone thought Jessup was going to be putting up this many shots and making them at this clip. Deserves to be putting up that many. Tyler Harvey, we knew, but I don't think the other guys on the team potentially knew that he was going to fire at that rate. Yeah, and I think if you're
1: Brian Gorgian, because they lost that game uh, to Cairns, who just ran over them in the end on a coach's challenge, which was the well, well- Best Coach's Challenge Mike Killer could have ever done. One in the game. But Gorge, is, he's in a position where if he leaves him on and he gets a couple of buckets and they get back in and he wins, well done,
0: Gorge. If he keeps him on and he goes over 15, Gorge, what are you doing? Speaking on the coaches Challenge, have you seen the new symbol for the Coach's Challenge? This one? It's a circle and a finger going through the circle. Oh, okay. Now, okay. I'm going to let your imagination do the work there, but when you first look at that, you kind of think, eh, ah, good mm. an interesting one for a yeah. Coach's Challenge. I'm not sure what it's meant to – it's meant to resemble that. Wow. Well, mm. But yeah, didn't know that. Each to their right. Have a little closer look okay. next time you're on the commentary, which you are today, on believe. Yeah, Tuesday which yeah, we we record. Nice, we're ready to go. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to unsee that now. <laughs> Wigness's performance so far, mm. Mm. cold,
1: very, very underperforming. And we've seen him. We've played against him. NBL one, like he, he's a really good talent. Did we? I have sorry. Well, I have played against him. Um, I was probably on another planet. But um, I'm probably still coming in from the night out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, another one who is, again, now it's between the years because he's had, had a chance. Jason Kidd, he hurt his ankle and we saw him get more of a burn. And just, again, it's the confidence that you're trying to play with. And, and you, that's what it's always going to be. We've got to remember the
0: age of these kids. Yeah. Like when we talk about rookies, which is why. What Josh Kiddie's doing is insane. Is insane. Because Mojave King and Wigness both struggling at yeah. the moment. Yeah. But yeah. they're Different roles, but again, Josh, yeah. Don't compare that, like as well. I've heard a couple of times people comparing it to DJ. DJ spent four years at a top level mm. school and DJ, at Miami playing big minutes. He's also so different in the way, he, the swagger he plays with. He's like, yeah, it's, I'm it's a different in. beast. And that's when when you get to these Rookie of the Year arguments, it's sort of, uh, which way do we go? Like, DJ, yeah, in my opinion, DJ's Rookie of the I Year. I think he is too. I think he's the Rookie of the Year, but he's also spent four years at a college program. Mm. But that the, the, the award isn't given out for, you know, it, it should be just a black line. Are you a rookie? Who played the best? Well, should Jessa be a next star in, in there? Yeah, yeah to, I think he should yeah. also be included. That's going to be a really tough yeah. one. So that's tough another award. tough one. But I just like the way the DJ's put this Sydney Kings team on his shoulders. Like, Casper yeah. stepped up now. Yep. But Kasper, even when Casper was struggling, he's, DJ stepped up and know. just played out of his mind and still continues to do so. But I'll tell you what, there's one we've got to go here. <laughs> now, Crossed out really well. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was watching the broadcast the other night. I can't actually remember which game it was. But it's weird the COVID world we live in with how you've got to do it and stuff like that. And, and these little sideline interviews and stuff like that. But the turning circle on you, Pete, oh, is just <laughs> absolutely, absolutely a leap. Oh, look a at 56
1: this. 56-point swing in that mini-series with the Perth Wildcats. And now it's their first
0: game of the NBL Cup. And Simon Mitchell, <laughs> what are you trying to- <laughs> <laughs> How is that? that is- Give us a little slow-mo on that. That is just production quality at its finest right there.
1: Mate, I actually... When they told me, <laughs> I had to do my first one in Bendigo courtside, and they said, this is the first time you're on the camera, you have to do this kind of pirouette. So I was faked, like, is this how I do it with the spin? It's weird. I won't lie. It is extremely <laughs> weird. I'd almost rather just not be I on the camera. I actually
0: assumed that you had a couple of guys that were sitting down the bottom with a trolley that just, <laughs> and ro- just turned, just me. rotated you around. <laughs> well, it is... The COVID hole situation, you saw it in... in you have a little lazy film. Susan. It is. It's a, re- it's a weird
1: way to do it. And even, like trying to interview adam ford who by the way best dress coach by far you have said that like three times that it's um, weird. it is i'm happy for it to be weird but he's like do i have to wear a mask in this co-? it's so weird or what's going no on no one understands it or what's going on but I, on the
0: streets on the nbl court no one anywhere understands what's what do you give me a 10 out of 10 for that pair wear? yeah it was beautiful well i'll try and make it even <laughs> i want to see you next time do a double spin though okay. if you can get a double okay. spin on one of these things uh, and i'll work out something that i'll do okay I'll like go and that. I'll all buy a right. Kings membership. What about if I can spin
1: the other way? Because I don't like that. Because yeah. you know, you
0: know, If I can spin the other way on it, and we'll throw it on Trash I tool. love it. This is exactly why they'd never let me near that microphone. <laughs> I'll just start pirouetting. Anyway, that's all we got time for this week. Another massive week of NBL Cup games. Double headers left, right and centre. I used the B word last time to describe when a lot of stuff was going around with the NBL. I won't use it this time because we're a PG program. Gamble responsibly.